three, two, one, rolling. Hey everyone, welcome back to Filmcraft. As you probably just noticed, there is no intro music this week, and that's because, once again, this is a Latif-less episode. He's still off in Burma doing whatever Latif's doing. I haven't heard from him in the better part of a month. But good news is he's coming back soon. I think it's three more days from when I'm recording this. We're going to have Latif back. So by next week, you should be hearing an episode that isn't just one person rambling. And you'll be able to listen to a little bit of a far more intelligent person, Latif. But in the meantime, you're kind of stuck with me. So last week we talked about Final Space. And I've watched it. A little bit more throughout the week and it, it just keeps reaffirming what I think of it and why I think it's so great so last week for those of you that didn't listen um, or haven't gotten a chance to yet we talked about the TV show Final Space in up here in Canada it's on Netflix I think internationally it's on Netflix as well the States isn't so lucky I don't know what streaming service it's on in the States I think it's produced by PBS so if you get a chance go out and watch it. it there's one season so far they're working on a second and I think it was eight or ten episodes so it's a really easy watch 22 minute episodes and it does a lot of things right so what we were doing last week and what we're going to continue to do this week is to break down what i think makes final space so great and so unique and how it overcomes things that most shows fall into to make them generic or predictable so we got through i have a little list here and we got through two of the points last week. The first one, which I think is arguably the biggest one, is how they consistently put their characters in the most danger possible. So I use an example. The supreme ultimate bad guy in Final Space is a guy called the Lord Commander. He's a little gray alien dude. He's basically the emperor from Star Wars. If he was way more powerful, he's got telekinesis, all kinds of crazy mind powers and whatnot and one of the things that's really cool i use the example of return of the jedi is when you watch star wars you watch a new hope the emperor like he's kind of mentioned you you feel his presence because he is you know the emperor of all of the dark side at that point and then you see him a little bit in empire strikes back but you don't really meet meet him until Return of the Jedi, and that's when Luke Skywalker meets him, and I think that's a very natural arc, and it's, you know, tested true for a lot of things. It works, but when you stray from that and you have your main protagonist meet your main antagonist earlier, as in Final Space, Gary, the antagonist, meets the Lord Commander in the second episode, it, it, it's almost like when you watch a show like Final Space... Or I know when I did, you meet the Lord Commander, and you meet Gary, and you're like, okay, well, the entire season or the entire series is going to be there on opposing sides. At the end, they meet, they have a duel, and that's it. And when it takes that away from you in the second episode, all your preconceived notions are tossed out the window as well. So I think that gives you just very fertile ground to tell a really interesting story and a very unexpected story. The mind kind of stops guessing what's going to happen in a cliched way because you've already knocked out of the park and said we're not doing that so i think that's really refreshing and that's the first biggest point that i had last week the second one is how they do a really excellent mix of comedy and drama i don't want to dive into this one again the way i just kind of gave a brief overview of the first one just trust me when i say it's really awesome or go back and listen to last week's episode and i think i did a better job of explaining it then i'm not really sure because i don't listen to our episodes after they're done but i hope i did and i hope everyone that listened enjoyed the breakdown of it so i want to hit on just a couple more points of final space and what 
makes it so great to me. There's a chance I might do a third episode of this. I don't really plan on it as of yet, but we'll see how this rant of mine goes. And then, yeah, maybe one day we'll get a third episode. But basically, the third point... Uh, you might hear my cats fighting like crazy, too. They're going nuts right now. Hey, Chester and Ninja Brian, you guys freaking out? The... <laughs> The third point that I wanted to bring up is how I just mentioned Final Space and its relation to Star Wars with Luke Skywalker, the Emperor, and Gary and the Supreme Leader. When you watch this show, there are tons of homages to Star Wars. At least that really hit me in a lot of different visual ways, plot ways. Like I said, the bad guy to me rang very Emperor-y to me. My cats are just losing it. Um... And I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think it hurts Final Space whatsoever. In fact, I think what Final Space does so well in this aspect is it analyzes a lot of what Star Wars did fantastically, and it just borrows a little bit from it. So if we we were to say Star Wars and Final Space were paintings, it, it would kind of be like if Final Space found like one of the most prominent secondary colors and borrowed that in its painting so it it doesn't rip it off it doesn't steal directly from it but what it does is it lets it influence it and it learns and adapts from that and i think there can be a lot of power when you do that whether you're creating something something of your own and it's a space opera like this or a love story or a drama comedy whatever it is i think you can watch things that are in the same genre as what you're about to create and borrow from them in a really good way. Someone that does this just flawlessly is Tarantino. You listen to him talk and he says whatever movie he makes, like Pulp Fiction, he'll go in, analyze films of that time and just take directly from them. And then he'll morph them around a narrative of his own. And when you do that, it morphs it into something that is your own Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, if you do it well, morphs it into something that, that's your own and it's not you stealing from that thing. So I think the homages, the influences, you can really let them leak into your work as long as you're not just straight up stealing from them and it'll make your creative venture that much more powerful. And I think if you have something like Star Wars in this case and you borrow aspects of it for your show, when the people that are watching your show, like myself in this instance, we I watch it and it rings true for me. To, I see Star Wars in it, and it's almost like a fun little Easter egg hunt too. Like I can pick out the Lord Commander and say, oh, he's very emperor-y, or I remember a couple set pieces. There was one, and I was like, oh, that's a direct reference to where they make the clones in Clone Wars, even though or Attack of the Clones, even though that was the worst Star Wars movie. Um, but yeah, it kind of becomes fun for an audience member at that point to kind of pick it out and see, hey, like, they really liked... I can tell from this they really like Star Wars. I really like Star Wars too, or, you know, if it was Star Trek or any other space drama in this circumstance. So I think the bottom line is don't be afraid to let your influences shine through. I think it can really help you. Just don't straight up steal. All right. So, next point that I have on here. You can take a sip of water. 
is one of the things that when you're watching Final Space, and I'm going to start getting into spoilery territory here going forward. One of the things that you start to notice when you're watching Final Space is the plot and the narrative are very well thought out, almost to a point where if you didn't think about it and or didn't finish the season, it might seem kind of convoluted. So for instance... um, Time travel plays a part in it, and that's just super interesting to me because with time travel, you can basically do anything narratively that you want. It kind of wipes the playing field and, again, erases any preconceived ideas of where the show might go for the viewer, and I really like that. Um, But one of the things that happens at the end of the first episode, uh, the second last scene, things are going horribly for your hero. You're pretty sure he's going to die, and then it cuts back to a spaceship, and it's floating in front or the lead character's spaceship and it's floating in front of a planet now if you really watch closely right before that the ship had warped somewhere else and it shows the ship in front of like a pretty sure it's an asteroid belt it goes through all this carnage the ship gets blown up your heroes in peril and then it comes back cuts back to the ship and i think what they were intending is that the viewer would focus on the ship but if you had already watched it and or you were just kind of had a keen eye and you picked up on things, you would realize that this planet was a planet that they've been to in the past. So it kind of introduces time travel. And I think when you really figure out your universe, your plot, and what you want your story to do in advance, you can afford yourself these really cool Easter eggs that almost like our Fight Club, when you go back and watch it a second time, you get a whole other layer from it. And the point I want to make from this is I don't think this is possible just by winging it. Latif and I have talked about writing styles. I'm a big outline guy. I don't know how I would ever write without an outline. In fact, I'm writing a new script right now. I'm about 50 to 60% of the way through. And even as I tackle a new scene, I don't just wing it. I know what I need to accomplish in the scene. And then I'll outline the scene in, you know, five three to five sentences, and then build off that outline to create the scene. Latif doesn't do that. He just straight up writes stuff front to back, which is nuts to me, but it works for him. The point I'm trying to make is I don't think that the kind of flow state writing where you don't have an outline, you just start typing and go, works when you're trying to do these narrative things where going back on it a second time has different meaning. Maybe if you wrote it front to back and then you went back and did a polish and added those things in later. But I think if you're trying to do something like this, especially something that involves time travel or in some way they're changing the plot in the past, I guess that's always kind of time travel, but I think you definitely need to have your plot points set. You need to know what you want to do with those characters and how it could loop back to the present so you can give your audience these cool little Easter eggs and these neat little timbits that when you go back a second time, you watch it and it's kind of revelatory and it's almost a different story than when you watch it the first time. And I think if you're able to pull something like that off, it's to me as a viewer, I've never written anything like that, but as a viewer, I find it immensely rewarding. And it's something I would really like to try writing in the future. It's just, I haven't gotten to a script that kind of wants to be that. And yeah, I hope to one day, but if you're going to do something like that, forethought is your friend. 
that's what I would recommend you just plan everything out in advance even if you have your outline you get 70% of the way in and you're like oh man I need to change these few little things at least you'll know that when you get there instead of a flow state of writing when you do it it kind of just I imagine you get to the end and then you start trying to shove these little beats in earlier where you think they'd fit and it might not go organically so if you're going to go for this call it elaborate universe building time travel narrative kind of stuff i would highly recommend plotting your stuff out in advance i think it'll take you a really really long way and i don't really see any other way you would do it having said that if there's anyone out there that has written something like this in a kind of flow state where you just sat down and started writing and it worked out like send me a message because i would love to know how you did that i think that would be amazing all right that one's done another sip of water so the next thing i'm going to talk about is hardcore spoiler territory the villain we talked about the lord commander like i said little tiny gray dude almost kind of looks like a little testicle sack with eyes he's the lord commander and i find him to be an incredibly interesting villain I wanted to talk a little bit about that, and I think one of the traps that shows, and more so often movies and shows will get into, is they will have one-dimensional villains that are, you know, just destroy the world because reasons, or I want to conquer the world because I'd like to conquer the world. They're single-dimensional, they're not multi-layered, and I think that's a really bad thing to have. So I wanted to give some examples of what makes the Lord Commander in Final Space such a great villain, because one of the things I found most interesting was the first time you meet the Lord Commander, he, like I said, little tiny gray dude, and you find out he has these psychic powers, and I think that right off the bat kind of makes him cool, because, you know, who doesn't like someone with powers? If I could have anything in the world, it would be powers. I'd fucking love to have powers. But... Someone with powers, if you don't go further into it, that is a kind of a weak villain. Just guy with powers can kill isn't that interesting. So the Lord Commander definitely starts off at that as that, but as we progress through the season, we learn a lot more about him. And one of the coolest things I think they do is, I think it's season, or sorry, episode three, I believe, we learn that the Lord Commander, who has these telekinetic powers, is dying of said telekinetic powers. Every time he uses them, it's slowly killing him. He hacks up blood. He ends up losing parts of his skull, and he just gets more destroyed. They're literally killing him. And I think just that, if you were to leave it there and not go any further, which they do go further, but if they hadn't, I think even that would be much more interesting than just bad guy with powers can kill hero. Because when you have a bad guy like that, especially the Lord Commander, who's a very small character in stature, and he has these powers. That's his only weapon. And if he has the unlimited ammo cheat on, if his powers weren't killing him, then it wouldn't be that interesting because it would be, they're going to go face Lord Commander. He's either going to kill them with his powers, which he has unlimited of, or they've found some way around said powers and they're going to kill him. But when you introduce this almost like narrative device of it's the powers are killing him it just brings in so many more options of okay 
now the Lord Commander has a mission. Other than kill hero, obtain objective, whatever it may be, he needs to stay alive. So maybe he's going to go find some kind of pod that rejuvenates his powers. He's going to try and find an antidote for what's killing him. He's going to try and find the reason for what's killing him. It opens up so many different branches of the tree that you could explore. So even just that one thing, that one interesting turn, makes the villain so much more interesting to me, and it gives you so many more different routes you could go down. So if you have a villain that's kill, crush, destroy, just try adding a little bit of something else to him. I think you'd be amazed how many different ways you could take it after that and how it could really benefit your story. So then moving on from that episode... Very heavy spoilers coming. I'm about to ruin, like, the finale of the first season. Um, so if you don't want... You should watch the show. If you haven't, stop now. Come back to this after. And if you have watched it, right on. I'm sure you loved it, and I'm happy to talk about this. One of the things you end up learning at the end is the Lord Commander... You learn this at the beginning. The Lord Commander's goal is to activate Final Space, and he needs one of the protagonists to get there. He's going to use him. He's going to open Final Space. You don't know really what that is, and what you end up learning is Final Space is essentially a different dimension where, like, the gods of death are housed. They used to be in our dimension with us. One death god realized, you know, this is bad shit we're doing. We can't keep doing it. He used all of his power to seal the others in Final Space in that other dimension where they couldn't wipe out existence. Lord Commander actually used to be a good guy. The lead character's dad went on a mission to close this little portal to what turns out to be Final Space with his best friend Jack, who is the Lord Commander. And when they closed this portal, the portal kind of, you know, freaked out and exploded, imploded, whatever you want to call it, Lord Commander got doused with, we kind of still don't know, something from Final Space, and it gave him these powers. So now... You're in this interesting position where the Lord Commander, he's a bad guy with telekinetic powers. Obviously, he has to be stopped, but the powers are killing him. How much longer can he keep going? He wants to get to final space to essentially get into this death god zone where it'll cure him and he'll you know, be able to unleash death. And now we've also thrown in an extra thing where the lead character's dad was best friends with this guy. And it just creates emotional and moral conflict. Like, the Lord Commander's a bad dude. When he got zapped with whatever he got zapped with to get his powers, he went straight up evil. He has to be stopped. But could you really go up to your dad or your mom or someone you love, their best friend, and kill them? You know, it, it creates... To me, something that's very, very palpable, something that's very interesting. And just by adding layer after layer after layer, you start to get this very 3D character. And something that, in my opinion, just works so, so, so well. I'm sure I'm missing out on a couple points of the Lord Command here, but I really implore you to watch this show for yourself. It's so good, so well written, and especially for a comedy, it has so much heartfelt emotion and it really makes you it made me feel quite a bit and i think at the end of the day that's one of the most powerful things that you know the medium of storytelling can do it can make you feel something and one of the ways it does that is through a very multi-layered villain so i i hope you guys watch it and you dissect it in a way 
or even just take it in in a way where you can see what it did right and how you could tie it into your writing again like it did with star wars you could watch final space and say i love a lot of things they did here how could i use some of these narrative strategies to influence what i'm doing and learn from it and i guess with these two episodes that's the biggest thing i'm trying to say watch the things you love and i'm a huge advocate for the first time i watch something i kind of turn my brain off and just experience it i think it's how i really like that i can do that i know some filmmakers kind of excuse me struggle with it but yeah watch the things you love watch them from an audience perspective first try not to pick them apart i know it can be hard especially if it's really terrible then the brain clicks on and you start thinking that's dumb that's dumb but watch the things you love take them in then watch them again and try and figure out why they're so good try and figure out what makes you react to it the way you're reacting and how can you use that as an influence to make your audience feel what you want them to feel and I think once you start to do that, I mean, that's the kind of, uh, that is filmmaking at its core. We digest story, but we digest visual and audio and all these things, and we morph it together into our movies, our films. So I'm going to end there for this episode. I'm pretty sure I've been ranting for a while. It feels like I've been ranting for a while. I hope you enjoyed these Final Space episodes. If there's anything I didn't cover for them, like I said, I would be open to doing a part three of these just let me know, and yeah, I'll do one. But next week, we should have Latif back. Latif, buddy, if you're listening to this, I'm super stoked to have you back. I miss you, man. And yeah, we'll see you guys next week with a full episode of Filmcraft. Oh, once again, brought to you by Pippa.io, P-I-P-P-A.io, podcast hosting service. They're rad, they're cheap, they're awesome. They have new website features and stuff. So if you podcast you record stuff for the internets check them out they're great until next time i'm matt ralston and i'll catch you later